Only in Music City can you experience the Grand Ole Opry. And only the Opry brings you country music's longest-running, unscripted, unexpected live show. Plus invites you behind the curtain to see where the stars gather backstage. And even invite you to stand front and center in the iconic circle. See the show, hear the stories, get up close and personal with the stars you love. Only the Opry has it all in Nashville. Visit Opry.com for lineups, tickets, and more. There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied. The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch, and I paid a pretty hefty price. Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Skinwalker Watch Along with myself Andy and I've got as always uh, my co-host Dan. Dan, how are we doing this evening? I'm great, thanks Andy. How are you? I am very well, thank you very much for asking. So we're on episode three already, almost halfway through the series and this is another Patreon early access exclusive. It will again of course go onto the main feed sometime next week at the end of June. But um, for your Patreon supporting the show from any level, from $1 up, you're going to get access to this a whole week early. So, again, thank you very much. We do appreciate it. Um, So far in the series, we've had a lot of introductions to new characters and the cast of the show. We've had a lot of setting up of various experiments as well. And we both kind of agreed from from really early on, Dan, didn't we, that this is the episode where we're going to kind of see things kind of go into another gear. Yeah, absolutely. They really uh, do a few more experiments here and start getting their hands a bit dirtier. They, they absolutely do. So let's get ourselves right into it. So myself and Dan, as always, have the same file open. There's no adverts on it. And we kind of get straight into things as well. Just remember, we've got the, the US version of the file, which has got the title sequence as The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. In the UK, it's known as The Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. So we'll do a quick three, two, one, and hit play. Dan, are you good to go? I'm good to go when you are. Awesome. So three, two, one. Boom. Excellent. So we're starting so we with get, this as always the recap, don't we? Yeah, recap. Uh, is Thomas's injury right? It is. Yeah, I do. Oh, I do like Thomas more and more. Obviously, I'm biased now, having spoke to him for the interview. Which, if you haven't checked out, that was on the feed last week as well. My chat with Thomas Winderton, almost two hours. Really nice guy. Really interesting. A lot to talk about as well. Dan, you've listened to it as well, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Uh, it's really, really interesting uh, to know the the story of how Brandon and uh, Thomas met, um, how he got involved with the ranch, um, and just about everyone's character, how genuine everyone is. Um, I'd really love to know a little more about Thomas's wife and the ranch and her ideas there. But uh, but yeah, Thomas he said not teased that, that right so. at the end, didn't he? <laughs> he teased it. Did. Um, but yeah, no, a really nice guy, and he done a lot of work in setting up things on the ranch after Bigelow. And I think with the Bigelow stuff, as as little or as as much as we know about it. It seems like by the end it was kind of just being left and the technology was really outdated. So maybe just kind of running things down as, as his time on the ranch came to an end and Thomas helped set a lot of the kind of newer technology up. So title sequence, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. We've recapped the first two episodes and we're going to get straight into where we kind of left off. It's kind of early morning. The guys have been out camping all night and Thomas has had to go to the hospital because his injury has flared up again. And we have Dragon looking extremely concerned. 
what did you think about the the whole injury angle again? Do you think it was a, a just for the camera setup or? No, I don't think so. Um, what whatever anyone thinks when they watch this TV show in a in a vacuum, hearing everyone speak about it properly, like Brandon and Thomas on Twitter, Thomas speaking to you, everything like that. This is a genuine thing. It's clearly a genuine concern. It's a genuine injury. It's not being played up for nothing, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was on the interview piece. I'm sure it was when I spoke to Thomas for a little while afterwards. The the network were really keen and the producers on playing up the injury and basically going down the route that it was definitely caused by the ranch. Thomas was uh, Thomas said he would walk if they if they didn't just show the facts that it was it happened. It looks like it's related. However, he can't say for sure, and none of them can. So I thought that was quite good. He wanted to keep it genuine. That No, look, this is happening and that's enough. You don't have to have me say or portray it as if it's caused because of the ranch. You know, there's, there's enough data there to, to kind of to show that. And it seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Getting some of those scans as well of the top of the skull. You see the kind of fluid separated um the scalp yeah he said it was excruciating the first one that happened before the the show was filmed was a lot worse and he, he says himself the second time it wasn't as bad but it was in the same spot and that's what kind of worried him jim morse i never realized first time round when i watched this but gets really emotional here he does yeah yeah um and it made me a little angry to think of people saying it was fake when i saw him being this emotional you know it's clearly a genuine reaction just because the cameras are there it doesn't mean that they're playing it up and know. again when, when you've heard that background that thomas and jim by this point have known each other for four or five years worked together setting yeah. things up they've been on a bit of a journey and we've just been introduced and met these characters and maybe travis has only known them for a few months but th- these guys have been together working there for a long time so as new as we are to the show and the reality of their situation they are friends they're mates and you know that they're, they're upset that something's happened to one of their colleagues and by this point it's fair to say that travis is almost fully turned around from being extremely sceptical to sceptical to pretty much a, a full-on believer in wearing a skinwalker ranch hat, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He needs to be given like a, a fan t-shirt now. Yeah. There, there was a uh, way that um, Thomas described his injury. He said it was, uh, in your podcast, he said it was like being scalped. And it, it made me think of all the images we've seen of cattle mutilations. Yeah, surgical precision and yeah. to be able to separate the, the that layer of your head. Like obviously, again. maybe not as fast, but it's still it still know, happens. Yep. <laughs> and again, I think it gets brought up a little while later on, um, or even coming up now that Jim Segala thinks it was something akin to a radiation beam being fired at that point on his head that's that's potentially caused this. Um, but here we have it. Yeah, Caleb Bench, who, uh, do you know, I never I never asked, but Caleb is on the show a couple of times fleetingly uh, at a glance, and I wonder if that's something that he just wasn't keen on being on camera, because obviously Dragon's on the camera all the time, as most of them are, but Caleb's not on the show very much. He just kind of appears in a scene and then kind of goes, I think it's the first episode, he's like, yeah, bye, <laughs> and, then, and then leaves, and this is kind of the next time we see him. I guess not everyone's comfortable in front of a camera. No, and but there we've got Thomas back, which is good. He's in much better spirits. Um, all the guys are kind of shaking hands and hugging. So it's been a couple of days now, and it's it's kind of nice to see him back. Um, 
I think this is the point where Jim Segala is going to bring up about potentially being a radiation beam. Thomas is just recapping that, do you know what? It wasn't as bad as last time. It was in the same spot, though. Started feeling that pressure and pain. And um, yeah, it's it's definitely an odd one. For the same thing that happened in the same place, you get why they would be concerned. And I know just, God, I seem to bring up on most of these podcasts. I hate myself for it. But, you know, like recently, like um, Mick West fishing again on Twitter and someone setting up a GoFundMe to send someone like that out to the ranch just so they may or may not experience something that that annoyed me a little bit like you know there's there's a lot of more a lot more things that are uh, more worthy of people's money just now and and charity and donations and whatnot than than someone like him being sent out there i'm not sure if you guys can hear my eyes rolling about that (laughs) (laughs) it's not uh it's not a great idea like you say there there are better things to support um than someone who you know clearly could afford to pay for themselves to go there yeah or like you know fund a new series of ancient aliens or can we not talk about that anymore is that is that another subject (laughs) it seems to be an ongoing thing right i'm kind of just trying to let everyone else do the digging there oh god yeah um like i'm more than happy for anyone to ask about ancient aliens and i've got my own thoughts on the show but yeah i'll stay away from the conversations people are having about it like online it's it's all a bit crazy if i mean ancient aliens is never the most grounded of subjects or shows anyway but to say that yeah. things have taken a, a step to another level as it's saying it but here we have the bat copter so getting to be my favorite moments in the show now bruce wayne himself brandon fugo steps out with a briefcase and you don't have to worry folks it's not more magnets in the briefcase um it has a very dramatic appearance as fleeting as it is, uh, and Brandon's making an appearance. So Dad's on the ranch to make sure everything's all right. Based on um, the friendship between Tom and uh, Brandon, uh, I nominate Tom as Nightwing to, to Brandon's Batman. Can totally see that. So Brandon's just discussing with them that, you know, he's a bit concerned about what's going on. This is one of those moments where I think things are egged up a little bit and just the way it's produced for the camera, they almost make out that three episodes into an eight episode series that they may pull the investigation. That would have made for an interesting four and a half episodes, I think, of television afterwards where they're just basically, it's just the the guys packing up and generally putting (laughs) things away in a a very, very safe, uh, meaningful way. But um yeah, we we know what we know that's not happening. It's like when your favourite superhero at the start of a movie is in jeopardy from some kind of bad guy and you know, well I've still got another hour of this left, he is definitely not dying here. Um yeah, he, he dangles the carrot, doesn't he, and kind of asks all their permission to kind of carry things on. But again, it's we've had that whole setup now of something's going on, there's a lot of different things at play here, there's an element of danger to it, you know. Um but yeah, let's let's kinda of crack on and what were your thoughts on what gets revealed from the briefcase this time? A much better reveal? Uh, yes, definitely a much better reveal. Um, it's the, well, do I want to spoil it? I, I assume people have seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, like, the first time with they've us. not quite opened the briefcase yet, but they're about to open it. And I think given In what's seconds. inside it, again, there's no there's no um, skinwalker scalps or, you know, anything that glows comes out of it. But it is something similar to the direction that the Bigelow team went, right? In terms of using themselves as biosensors um, yes. and medical monitors. And they haven't necessarily set out to do this, 
basically just finding that this is the best way to measure what's going on around them when they're working on the ranch. Yeah, and I think there's a bit of a continuity error comes up pretty soon as well, that one of the first scenes after this, where it's not long after this, the guys aren't wearing the watches that they've literally just been given and put on. But again, I think that was just in the just in the post-edit whatnot. Um, or maybe they just left it off. That's that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, and this is what Thomas was saying, though, again, wasn't it, about Brandon, that Brandon's got a lot of... I love how his name's Fugal, and I always want to say Frugal, because he's frugal with his money. <laughs> so Frugal, Fugal, um, which is hard to say in a Scottish accent, and no doubt even more difficult to understand if you're one of the listeners. Um, he, he's got his money because he's wise with his investments, and this isn't something that straight off the bat he's went in and provided to all the guys because they've waited until there's a reason to need something. And like Thomas said, they're not just going to go in and spend millions and millions of pounds until they have reason or cause to do so. So that that's pretty and and it's pretty consistent with Brandon's character that, do you know what, something's happened, let's react it, and we can get this now put in place kind of going forward. So I think it's yeah, pretty absolutely. responsible. Yeah, I, I wish they'd put them on the cows, though. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, monitor every life form up there that they can. Do you know what? I'm totally going to go on Twitter and at Brandon Fugo. If anyone wants to do that before me, but you probably won't given that this is recorded and not live. <laughs> I am going to ask him about biosensors or smartwatches for cows. Um, yeah, that's a superb idea. Imagine they had one of those on that cow that died of the pneumonia. It just gives them more data, doesn't it? A little bit more, you know, something real to grapple with instead of maybes. And do you know what I love to as well? Great shot of the the helicopter kind of leaving. Again, beautiful surroundings. I I don't stress that enough on, on the podcast, but I love how Brandon's literally flown in to drop off something he could have had Amazon primed out to the guys or posted. <laughs> he went, here's your watches. I'm away, guys. See you later. He's literally been there for a short period of time. To, to be fair, if I was a, you know, a high-flying businessman like Brandon, I'd take 30 seconds on the ranch every time I could get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. And if, if his time is precious, then he's certainly not driving out there, is he? Or... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, so it's here we have... A second level henchman looking dude in short shorts, t shirt, and, and hat. Uh, Derek Ward, owner of Hot Shots Aerial Photography. And this, I think, was the first time I maybe got a little bit excited about something they were going to be doing on the ranch as, as an experiment. I know they're going to talk a little bit here about Bob Bigelow and some of the things he done. Um, but they're they're basically going to get a drone out and do some some experimenting on the ranch uh, during the episode. What What were your thoughts here? Um, I really liked it. I, I'm a sucker for kind of visual data. So I would really love to be able to just get the scan of the whole place. You know, um, it made me think of, can you remember the Colorado drones uh, over Christmas mm-hmm. um, where there were lights uh, being reported um, and they were unidentified. Some people said they were drones. Some people said they weren't, but it was really mysterious. Um, yeah. As part of my digging when that was going on, I came across all these different, essentially drone systems where you can just use them for agriculture um, and you can set them in grid patterns, essentially walk away from it after pressing go and they'll scan the whole place for you. Um, and this made me want them to go to that, like that, that's the next step, I think, from this instead of, you know, one or two drones flying around, let's get them nice and low, let's get a detailed image in 
um, an automated scanning going. I think that'd be really cool. But that's probably something for season two. Like you said, it's observing in this one and then kind of getting everything you need going forward. That's it. And, you know, not to spoil what comes down the line, and it's not necessarily in this episode, but they, they do start getting some scans and whatnot, and they're having to always bring in outsiders from third parties to do these sorts of experiments because they don't have that tech on the ranch. Maybe it's something that's best left to an expert, given what they're kind of dealing with here and kind of thermal imaging. Um, it's pretty incredible the shots he gets here, though, from the kind of whatever the, the GoPro is or something that's attached to it. Um, yeah, it's awesome. They're showing you the zooming in and stuff just now. Like you could easily spy on your neighbours with that pretty easily. It's very CSI, isn't it? Zoom. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then it's. I do like that bit though with like, oh look, could that be a cold patch? Could that be like an entrance? No, no, it's just a shadow. Ah, okay, move on. But it does speak to the the need to understand what you're looking at, right? Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah, at a glance you could look at that and go, oh, that could be an entrance to something. That could be like a way in, or that could be like a sinkhole. And no, nah, it's not. It's just just a shadow but then that's why you've got an expert doing this don't you yeah exactly and unless you look you're not going to understand that it's even there to be looked at as well right yeah. <clears throat> and this is an expensive bit of kit you you said something that's worth touching on again actually you said an outside expert this is only yet another episode where we've had someone not on the main team of the ranch come in and experience something anom- anomalous yeah and again i, I suppose someone that They've got their own reputation, they've got their own business, they've got their own brand. Do they necessarily want to be exposed to something that's that's not, you know, legit? And, you know, yeah, I had to say that on the show or whatnot. So the guy's coming in, showing his own skills. It's free advertising for him. Um, something they mentioned here is like, they talk about one of the, the cattle centres. They said it was a bit of a biosensor or early warning system, didn't they, for yeah, that's right. the previous owners. But they're, they're very quick to stress that we don't use live animals to to give us any kind of early warning here. Dun, Alpacas dun, dun. <laughs> down the line. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that obviously it, caused it, a bit of a controversy. Again, though, it is it is a really good example of us looking in and saying, oh, Bigelow is wrong to do X, Y, Z. But now they've been there, they're realising, actually, having a biosensor readout is a really, really handy way of investigating this ranch. Um, and the phenomena seems to react to people and to living things. So, yeah, you know, we're not, while, while, we're not while condoning, I don't necessarily, yeah, yeah we're not exactly. condoning live bait, but um, there is an aspect of it that you know, it, it gets a result in the same way. <laughs> yeah, and and there's a way to use it as well. And I think as as we found out, and I spoke to Thomas about the alpaca incident that it was shot, and that was something Thomas himself said he wasn't hugely happy with the way it was filmed because it clearly was just some kind of predator but they do spend when we get to that episode they do spend a little bit of time on it as if something big is attacking those animals and yeah it was just a predator but it is a ranch so it is hard to, there's, there's a lot of fence and um, there's a lot of miles to cover off as well so it's really hard to keep kind of things out and there's mountain lions and coyotes and wild dogs all that kind of stuff so I, i've got a note here i just want to bring up you know the homesteads yeah. Why have they never been like renovated or done up? Or would that be interfering with the ranch and they don't want to do that? Because they do just have these old haunted looking houses kicking about the property. I, I guess um it's just old buildings on the property, right? Like they've got their newer house near the gate. Um mm. I imagine they're just older versions of those buildings that are just disused. 
Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you might clear it or something like that and use the space. So yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that's worth bringing up when you get someone wonderful on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll need to ask Brandon that when he finally agrees to come on. So yeah, here yeah. we go. We've got we've got a they've moved out to an area that they're pretty interested in surveying, and they've brought Derek along with them with his awesome looking remote control. You just want a shot of that, don't you, for that drone? Um, <laughs> but he seems the type of guy who would be like, no, no, you can just watch me do it. I think he says it's $35,000, the drone. Wow. So a great bit of kit then. Yeah. Um, oh, but what's happening here? There is no connection. We get the dun-dun-dun. I didn't like this bit. I think this nope. is what we talked about with the over-dramatising something they don't have to. And the fact okay. that... And I think the editing here as well is pretty poor that, you know, it makes no sense. Well, what makes no sense? It's just got no connection. You know, that can happen sometimes with stuff. I get it's an expensive bit of kit and I don't doubt that it no doubt has been something to do with the ranch that's caused this but the very quick edit in there just annoyed me and it was one of those little moments that just took me out of the show for a second So do you think maybe like uh, 5 or 6 seconds on the matter instead of 20 seconds just oh there's no connection because I guess the the relevant part is that there's no connection and they're at Skinwalker Ranch if that happened anywhere else on the earth it would just be oh it's disconnected Right. Yeah, and and you know what? I, I totally don't blame Travis. I do think it's just in the editing. You know, the, oh, it makes no sense. Well, what makes yeah. no sense? Have you, have you tried like rebooting it? You don't know how this thing works. Maybe it just takes a few seconds, or is it the trees? But Derek now clearly is explaining that yeah, this isn't normal. It was fully charged. It was fine. I'll try. I'll try moving it away, and it just doesn't work. So I, I've just this was one of those little moments that antith antith antith. What's the word? was the antithesis of what we talk about when it comes to like, the, That's the, the issues with the editing. Yeah, I found the word eventually. Yeah. It was in there somewhere. So they're a bit disappointed they've not managed to get this experiment off off the ground almost literally today. Um, but they have saw some spikes in the radiation levels and frequencies kind of round about them. But this would be cool, right? So say they got the Colorado... Oh, sorry, not the Colorado drone, the, the agricultural drone system that I was saying about, and they scanned the whole place. If Homestead 2 was the only place where they had a signal failure and they'd scanned the whole place with similar drones, then it implies it means something more, right? As opposed yeah. to just it's not connecting once. Um, I wonder if they did more off screen, though. And I know that touches on something that uh, we brought up and were speaking about before. Do you mean that they've maybe gone to another place on the map and tried the same thing, but just not showed it on camera? Yeah, exactly. Like maybe the guy came back another day and it worked fine that day. Um, but we're just not seeing it because that's not as exciting, you know? Yeah, potentially, yeah. Um, or even like drove to the, one of the other homesteads on another part of the ranch. I mean, could we try here instead? Because no doubt that's cost them money to bring them out. But, but yeah, so here's another experiment coming up. And this is one that, that was addressed again when I spoke with Thomas that... They're going to basically, when they're holding a trifield meter, Travis explains here that you can't necessarily gauge which direction it's measuring the, the frequency or radiation from. So what they can do is eliminate a lot of the directions by putting it inside of a can that will block all that out. And then you know exactly where it's coming from. A lot of people online jumped on this as being an experiment that wouldn't work because as they show right now, the trifield meter is in the can. So that would work. However, when you see the shots of the experiment, the trifold meter is back outside the can, which then totally negates the fact you're using the can in the first place by holding it outside of the can. But as Thomas pointed out in my interview with him, that 
for TV, you can't get a shot of the trifield meter while it's inside the can on the camera. So they asked them to bring it outside, show the experiment that way. But they did legitimately do the experiment with those trifield meters inside of the can to get those readings. They just couldn't get a camera shot of it. And, that, and that's fair enough. It's just one of those things with production, right? Like, I guess they could have said to him, explain to me what you're going to do, or to the audience what you're going to do, um, and then we'll just see you walk around with the tin can. But they yeah. wanted to, people to be able to look and figure out what they've been doing. So this is interesting. They're talking about just now, like, um, triangulating three different points. Um, if only someone had kind of put that together and had some kind of map. Um, Dan, <laughs> do you know anyone that would have an interest in that sort of thing? Uh, yeah. Uh, a nerd like me, basically. Um, so as, as I've been watching this show, uh, like I said, I'm a visual person. So I kind of wanted to get an idea of the property, where everything was happening, um, where repeated incidents were happening, so on and so forth. So I started kind of scouring the internet and finding all these uh, different bits that I was plotting onto a map. Um, so, uh, you know, I added the helipad because that's new, um, things like that. But then for every episode as they went on, I was kind of plotting all of these data points across the map. Um, clearly there are more that they didn't put on film, which is a shame because I would have loved to apply those as well. Um, but it's really handy to be able to visually see all these places because there are places that repeatedly get incidents and things like that. Um, you know, whether it's from witness testimony or the NIDS team or the guys that you're watching right now on the screen, the same places are repeatedly experiencing phenomena. And it's a really easy way to just see that in one go, you know? This is the kind of stuff I wish I understood better. I don't pretend to know what their measurements are. I just look at it and go, oh, they're saying the numbers are high, so that's fine, and I'll go along with it. And it's not something I'm going to even try to understand or learn, and I'll take their word for it, but I do kind of wish I could read those numbers and be like, oh, that's that's particularly high on this spectrum, or, you know. That That is something that I, I know we went when his name comes up uh, mr mcwest um on the metabunk forums he did kind of post comparisons of those levels um and i feel after reading kind of his analysis that it's absolutely you're correct in terms of don't look too much into the levels just know that it's more than it should be and this is anomalous yeah you know i think some of the stuff i've not looked at the metabunk stuff but um speaking to thomas they talked about that the, the number of mobile phones that sometimes would be in a particular setting with them would have been enough for some of those readings to have spiked. It could have been someone receiving phone calls or messages, you know, all at the same time. But again, it's that whole trust that they did a lot of these experiments properly without that interference there. Um, same with the camera crew. They had instances that wasn't on film which I think would have lent a lot of credence and uh, credibility to this, that, you know, they had issues with the camera equipment, but they didn't want it put into the show, which, again, is uh, that's fair enough, but that might have been some nice bonus material to have on there. Maybe if it comes yeah, out in a DVD so. box set, maybe a bit of an extra, yeah, that maybe. would be quite cool. But then again, can you really have a bonus content of cameras failing, you know, because it would just be, uh, yeah, there, there, would be, there would be no content, but there maybe some audio, that would be about it. Yeah, that's true. That's it would true. be something I, I guess, into this where I caught with a, a producer in the background going, huh, the camera is off. That would be the bonus content. It would be the worst of a lost, you know. <laughs> so tra Travis is just explaining just now that when they triangulate and they're looking about a mile above the ranch, these signals are meeting and he reckons there's a point 
where these things are are coming from potentially or at least have have a point of origin you, you straight away what i think is there's an invisible craft above that ranch and what you want to see is a video of some pigeon flying into it falling out the sky not dead just you know dazed um <laughs> just to prove that there's actually a big et spacecraft there sitting invisibly above the ranch again don't want to spoil this but we don't find that out in this series maybe that's to come in season two but what were your thoughts on what they're kind of getting at here, Dan, with something potentially being above the ranch? It's interesting, isn't it? Because they, we've had the idea that there's something underneath. We've had the idea that there's something above. And throughout the series, we get evidence that kind of points in both directions, I would say. Um, and then right, right, right at the end, we kind of start understanding the idea that both things could be coming from the same phenomena. And if it's coming from above, it could be that you interface and reflecting everything back up into a concentrated point. Um, or it could be coming from uh, underground and being reflected back off the atmosphere or something like that. So uh, I'm kind of like you. I want to see that video of the bird kind of being dazed and falling yeah. out of the sky. <laughs> and just, just in case anyone gets us wrong here, I am not saying that I have information that there is a craft above there and there is no video of a pigeon flying into an invisible craft above Skinwalker Ranch. Although that would be kind of cool if that rumour started circulating online that that video existed. <laughs> That's how these... So we've got Matthew here, don't we? We have another outsider coming in with a big balloon. That's right. Um, and I, I, like we said with spoilers earlier, I think it's okay to say that we experience some um, anomalies uh, with this experiment. So yet another expert, yet another new visitor, yet another anomaly. It's interesting. Do you think those trifield meters are expensive? Probably. I mean, it's relative, isn't it? My bank account isn't like Brandon's. No, no. <laughs> Mine's definitely is not like Brandon's. Um, I mean, given what uh, Thomas was talking about, I mean, with all the businesses he had, it sounds like he's probably got a healthy bank account as well. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm just looking. <laughs> Trifield.com, the website, um, you can buy Trifield meters on there, almost the exact same one. Because I'm just wondering, they've, they've taped all this stuff quite crudely to a bit of a i love this is proper science though let's just tape some stuff and put it up in a balloon 168 dollars that's not so too that, bad no that's not bad and i reckon that's something they they would go as being expendable they probably have a box of them in that uh in that room somewhere and these are tracked balloons as well they did plan on getting them back right so yes regardless of as, what as happened, we find out weren't just deciding to throw the money away no, that's it. So what their plan is here is tethering a weather balloon. Um, the last time, of course, we saw a weather balloon was being used to fake pictures in Roswell, New Mexico, 1947, um, instead of an AT spacecraft. Um, but this is a slightly different type of balloon. It's not made of foil and balsa wood. Um, it's just a kind of almost like a big rubber glove, isn't it, blown up? But it seems to be really sensitive because Travis mentions when it's coming down, if it even touches the grass, it could pop. Um, but yeah, so they've got the trifield meter up there. It's a, I, I love how crude the experiment is because it seems to be like proper grassroots science for these guys who are clearly used to to far more you know expensive setups and they've got that really cool <laughs> command center. Let's just stick some stuff up on a balloon and see what happens. Um, it's all going quite well at first, um, but then as we can see, the wind starts picking up. Not not to say it's something anomalous necessarily, but um, they start to lose the balloon and they, they want to just kind of, you know, let the let the rope go. Let's not kind of um, 
knack this any more than it's about to be, as it looks like a, as if it's about to crash. But yeah, um, do you want to tell us what happens with this particular balloon, Dan? Uh, this one. You mean this next one coming, or the one that's just? Oh coming? no, the one the one that's just floating off. <laughs> uh, that pretty much gets lost forever, right? Yes, they do mention that forever as well, though, don't they? That they they lose they track of the balloon; it just disappears. And there are more. I I don't know if what we're seeing on the screen at the end is GPS pings, but there are a lot of them. Um, so I'm wondering if they're uh, a sign that they did actually do this a lot more than just the two that we see. Potentially, yeah, yeah, good shout. Um, they go looking for the the little platform they'd built for the balloon that had the trifle meters and stuff on it. It's pretty kind of banged up looking, isn't it? But what they do realise is, even though the equipment's maybe goosed and they have to do this again, sorry, um, goosed in Scottish or in British slang for any American listeners, which we have quite a lot, or anyone else in different countries, is just basically broken, knackered, can't be fixed. So yeah, the equipment is goosed. Um, it's not been attacked by any flock of geese. So they go to set things up again. Let's try another balloon. And, you know, they've got the best technical equipment here. Lots of duct tape um, to strap it onto the balloon. I wonder what those balloons cost. I'm not going to Google that, though. I'm not going to start Googling, you know. They seem to be enjoying themselves here, though, don't they? That seems to be like as if they're going back to their kind of college days almost of yeah, I done this experiment and wrote a paper on it. I really enjoy stuff like this. I'm a big fan of uh, kind of Jimmy Riggin things. Uh, I studied film in university, and my favorite thing was making uh, lighting setups just out of normal homemade bulbs and just trying not to spend money on things, you know? S- slightly off topic, but still on topic, because we've got time here. Sure. That balloon, did you see this week in the news about the Japanese UFO? Yes, that's yeah. a good shout is it just me that thinks that does look like a balloon because even in the picture i've seen online of it it seems to have that point a balloon would have like you see here where it would have a tether attached to it potentially and i I just can't see the big hoo-ha about it you you could see there was a frame hanging underneath the thing as well um yes so though i shared that it's more of a you know sometimes you share things so that people can blow the idea apart and then it's there for everybody to see so we're not wasting our time going over it again i, I didn't find that one too compelling no i and listen I, I would love to for something to be filmed hovering above again lack of material on that one lack of videos lack of pictures probably speaks volumes but um there, there but yeah, was a so, weather balloon in the region as well on the radar so yeah pr- probably radar, some of its parts. phone apps i mean but yeah what see all the different points here yes so they don't all look like they're in a line um from you know say where it was released and made six data points kind of in a line they look like they were mm-hmm. completely different starting points and stuff like that so i think they just did i more. feel dan this is something you would like to have this kind of graphic processor or you know technology where you could create a kind of three-dimensional map and have the writing come in really easily and absolutely would love that and i would like this set up for my recording studio as well you know <laughs> nice little room lots of monitors round about is i mean you if probably people record could a, see... a killer metal album that's gonna walk around right oh absolutely yeah it does look <laughs> more like a recording studio doesn't it then i always explore round about the background of what they've got and to see what other kind of equipment you know 
if you can just see a kettle or a toaster on or something like that, you know, in the background. Matthew seems to be getting really into it here, doesn't he? He's quite, oh, yeah, we've lost the balloon. And no, it definitely should be picking up. And so, like you said, the, the balloon seems to have gone. The GPS is gone. But they did get some data at the point it disappeared. Um, as, again, it's kind of hit the, the height they were looking for. Was it five and a half thousand feet, one mile up? Yeah, that's right. Uh, about 10K above sea level. So they, they seem quite happy that, again, there's another anomalous situation where you've had no connection with the drone you've had a weather balloon disappear which was just the wind it looked like however from a data point of view where they are saying these points triangulate they've had this go haywire and lost it yeah and again it's it's in and of itself isn't crazy but it's when you kind of put it beside all these other things you know the drone not disconnect oh sorry the drone not connecting um, and now they're losing signal on other electronics and also the batteries that keep getting drained and so on and so forth. You know, it's, yes. it's consistent phenomena. Um, it, it consistently inconsistent, I would say. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, lots of little things that, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. But when the same little things keep happening over and over and over again, then it, it starts to point to something. But um, we do things kind of heat, heat up, obviously, as the series goes on furthermore. But you, you do have to, I think, when you're watching this, remember what's happened in previous episodes. If you go into this, I think, if you just jumped in watching episode three and you were not someone who was aware of the lore or, you know, what was going on, what the area was, which, again, is what these things are kind of aimed at as well, to get a new audience interested, you're probably looking going, I, I don't get what the big de- deal is because a couple of balloons have flown away and some guy's drone wouldn't connect his remote control. Yeah, exactly. You kind of need to know the whole story. And they do a really good job in this first season of giving someone new to this subject that, I think. Yeah. Definitely have to go back to the start, though, and watch it all the way through. I think, actually, I have I have appreciated it more on this second viewing as well, watching it back. It's less... Um, it's kind of like experiencing Christmas morning a second time, right? Instead of just being blinded with excitement. We can kind of uh, digest it a bit more. What I'd say is, I'll, I'll just i'll I'll say it's not like Christmas morning. I think it's like experiencing X-rays of some of the presents you're going to get. And while you can't quite <laughs> tell what you're going to get in Christmas morning, you've got a rough idea that you might be getting some good stuff, but you still have to wait and find out. Yeah, that's good. I like it's that. Like a, it's like a tease of Christmas morning to come. but that really big box might not be a PC. It could be something disappointing. So, you know, I don't know. Do kids still get PCs now for Christmas? I admit that I'm, I'm going back to when I was a kid and got a PC. Yeah. Kind of a family present that one was, if I remember yeah. correctly. <laughs> I, got, I got a PC when I was younger. I was a proper, like, geek when I was like, a kid. Like, I managed to get an AOL 7.0 internet discs in the post. Like, if anyone listening to this... It's probably under the age of 25. They won't believe that at once upon a time we had to put in CD-ROMs into a PC that would load up the internet for us that we could sign up to. And you couldn't use the phone at the same time. Oh, God. Those were the days, though. You really had to work <laughs> for your music downloads back then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Three megabytes in three days. Downloading the original Jackass movie over the course of a full week to click on the file and find out it was not what you wanted. I'll say no more than that. 
So with um, around four and a half minutes to go, uh, we see Candice, one of the caretakers who lives on the ranch. Fair to say she comes into it more and more as the episodes come up, um, go on a little bit, as they start to explore a little more around the ranch, because the first three episodes have been focused sort of in the same areas. Um, and then there's only so much you can do in a field, but the setting starts to look a bit like, you know, a field constantly. So they do move as a little about a little bit more and speak about some of the the previous owners as well. So we've got the Shermans, who famously owned the ranch before the Bigelows. Yep. Before the Bigelows, it wasn't like his family. It wasn't like Robert Bigelow and his mum and dad and, you know, kids moved in uh, before Bigelow uh, Aerospace and the US government had their, their mitts on it. What do you think about the caretakers, Dan? This bit is interesting because they, they're experiencing things that we see in ghost horror films, right, essentially. Yeah. Um, we get bumps in the houses. We've had reports of voices and, you know, the one person in the room heard a voice that other people couldn't hear. Um, <clears throat> cupboards being opened. Uh, that one really uh, gave me chills was... Uh, when someone brought their shopping in and left the room and then come back um, and all the shopping had kind of been taken out of the cupboards and all the cupboards were open. Um, yeah, it really creeps me out being inside this house for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a trailer for paranormal activity, the way they go on. Yeah. You, you don't get to see it coming up, but if they set up some security cameras inside the house, that could be pretty interesting. But maybe a massive invasion of their privacy to have their lives recorded in some kind of Big Brother-esque film. That is true. This this bit reminded me of, um, there's a local pub here called The Fisherman's Wife. I don't know if anyone will look her up online. It's in a place called Sully near Marconi Point. Um, But they have cat bones in the wall. Um, And when I was there last time, I found the owner and asked, you know, why why are these cat bones in the wall? And they they told me that they were there to ward off evil spirits. And they kind of have a a backstory that the thing was haunted. But... Mm -hmm the cabins being in the wall reminded me of this. Um, and I was wondering if maybe this was a warding that was done ages ago. Um, because superstition certainly is something that is around people when they're on the ranch. So I wonder if someone dabbled and did a ceremony or a prayer or something like that to, to ward off whatever was there. Yeah, potentially. And that's, that's something we'll no doubt talk about a little bit more definitely in the next episode. As it's the end of the episode, we're getting that hook and tease for the next one, and it very much ends on a bit of a clickbait of, oh, that could be remains, that could be human remains almost. Like, they almost basically say this is more than likely a dead person that is in here. You know, it's a spirit without saying that directly. And it gets a little bit Derek Akora, doesn't it, with, as you say, the the weird camera and the night vision. And if someone hadn't said that to me, anything there. To me, yeah, exactly. There's really not a lot there. If someone hadn't said to me that looks like bones, I'd have probably just been like, is it not just the rubble that you've knocked out the wall? Yeah, that was my first thought when I saw it as well. I know um, they said that there's too much there, but it's hard to see that that's true from what we're seeing. Yeah, that's it. I guess hard with the camera they've put through. It's on like a wire because they've had to knock through. To be fair, though, as they say, it's a very thick wall. But then yep. I've never built a home before on a ranch in the desert. So I wouldn't know what kind of foundations that would need or or kind of how to start. So I appreciate it might just be a thick wall for a reason. But it is probably a bit odd to have 
what seems like a small cellar type room boxed off underneath the ground doesn't it so it adds to that paranormal aspect to the show and while I, my interest is very much on ufos ets and that kind of going on different dimensions the paranormal side of it is something that maybe isn't touched on as much on the show as, as other people would maybe like yeah I, I think they're trying to stay away from the i guess for lack of a better term woo of it all um and focus on the hard data as much as they can get really yeah and it's that it's that whole science aspect of it and that's the episode finished we've had the credits roll and we get a little bit of a next time on skinwalker ranch and we see the rocket firing up into the sky cattle getting spooked and do we see our first glimpse of a ufo yes we do and that's something i look forward to speaking about in the next episode because i have my own thoughts on that anyway and the episode's done. So, Dan, three episodes in, almost halfway through. What are your thoughts so far, then? It's a great show. Um, it's nice that it's stepping up now. Um, the first two were, compared to this one, were very quiet, you know. Um, a lot more science was done in this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying this season so far. Yeah, the experiments in this one, for me, were, were good. And I think without the experiments they potentially would have lost some viewers there um, because the interest in it might have waned a little bit, but they're, they're starting to look more now. And it's something you can relate to if, if you're not interested in background radiation and frequency. You can at least relate to, oh, they're putting something up there to go and see what might be above the ranch. I can totally appreciate that because there's an entertainment value to that as well. And as we're going to find out further down the line, we have a look at what's underneath the ranch. In the next episode, we have some cattle being spooked and it starts to go into that more typical UFO, um, UAP lore and myth. So I like that and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next episodes coming up. Um, so, Dan, once again, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll just say by here as well that those maps that I mentioned, I'll be sure and those through my Twitter uh, when Andy pops these onto the free feeds. Um, so you guys can download the, the episode uh, map and then over the course of the season you'll have a complete idea of everything that's gone over the season and where it happened on the ranch yes and those will be getting updated let's say dan's done some incredible work on that something that is far beyond my own technical expertise um, and geographical knowledge of skinwalker ranch so definitely a nice accompaniment to this watch along series whether you're watching along with us or you're just listening to this on your daily commutes or on your way to work and um, we really appreciate it folks and if, again if you're on the patreon hope you've enjoyed the early access to this if you're listening to it a week later again thank you very much consider supporting us on patreon we can get more of this type of content out quicker as well at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast you can follow myself on twitter at ufo uap am although you probably do if you're listening to this already if you've just discovered it please give us a follow and say hello dan your twitter handle is at signal is that right uh the signal the signal that's the one that's right and it's a z-i-g-n-a-l so yeah at the signal and you can follow dan he is well worth following he has a fantastic knowledge of the subject and again some of the connections he's got to are well worth well worth following but again that's all folks um by the time you're listening to this if it's the end of june 
we should have our episode up with Michael Mazzola, who was the director of the Unacknowledged series and Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind with Dr. Stephen Greer. I'll be speaking to him about his experiences filming those uh, and what it was like in general. Uh, you'll have this episode of Skinwalker Ranch 3 that you've listened to out and Skinwalker Ranch Watch Along episode 4 should be due to be recorded next weekend, all being well with myself and Dan's schedules. And after that, I'm still frustratingly not allowed to mention the guest I'll probably have on the week after that, as Dan is laughing because he might have a bit of a clue. Um, <laughs> but um, totally unrelated, Dan, did you know that Unidentified Series 2 starts on the 11th of July? Um, I did. It's very exciting, isn't it? Did you see those descriptions? I did. I did. I would love to speak to someone who was involved in the making of that show. Hint, hint. Um, so, yeah, who knows if, if and when in the near future I can reveal my guest coming up. But I think um, I, I would love to do that. And again, if Dan was up for it, uh, we're going to look at maybe recording another kind of watch along. Uh, of the unidentified as it kind of happens as well because that's something we're very excited about so folks thank you very much for listening it's much appreciated and as always keep looking up you never know what you might see You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to tap into human emotion, first with some music. Then in a serious tone, I'll say, save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. And even though it was about saving money with Progressive, we'll fade out the music so you know it was poignant. Wow, powerful stuff. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? We could romance the legal copy. It never gets the attention it deserves. And some lawyer worked real hard on it. So take it away, lawyer. <clears throat> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Now that was some beautiful legal. Well done, lawyer. Well done.